0: The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The November 15th edition is brought to you by Orcas Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of November 15th, 2023. The Future of OAA's Mercy Flights Islanders testified in force against Zilstra Lake Trail. Cue the excitement. The Holiday Bazaar is back. Washington residents wait in darkness for Congress to end daylight savings. Plus, excerpts from the Sheriff's Log. First, from the Island Sounder, The Future of OAA's Mercy Flights. Two New Pilots to Join. By Bob Wanch. Orcas Aviation Association, your Orcas Island all-volunteer Mercy flight provider, is looking to the future, as all organizations must. This year, our pilots have flown over 300 flights to Bellingham, Skagit, Anacortes, Friday Harbor, and East Sound. Flights are provided for important scheduled medical appointments or procedures and to transport family members so they can be with loved ones during an emergency. Some of our pilots have been providing this service for over 35 years. Last year, we celebrated Gil Blinn's 1,000th Mercy flight, and Gil and others haven't slowed down. We know the future will require a cadre of new pilots to continue this free, valuable service to the community. To help solve this requirement, OAA has established a flight training scholarship program to partially offset the funds required to train fully qualified pilots. OAA awarded flight training scholarships to Mindy Nunez and Indy Zeller, both ORCAS residents who have committed to fly Mercy flights when they are fully qualified. We are proud to announce that both Mindy and Indy have passed their written examinations and are preparing to complete their oral and flight examinations very soon. OAA also plans to award additional scholarships in the future to ensure there will always be a pool of volunteer pilots ready to fly. The Orcas community has been very generous in supporting this valuable service that provides flights to an airport closest to the hospital or appointment. If it's a life-threatening situation, an individual is medevaced, but Mercy Flight pilots are also ready to transport family members during that emergency. Patients and family members are never charged for this service. We hope the Orcas community will continue to support this vital Mercy Flight service and the scholarship program. Donations may be made directly to Mercy Flight Programs at Orcas Island Community Foundation or to OAA, P.O. Box 712, East Sound, Washington, 98245. From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, Islanders Testified in Force Against Zilstra Lake Trail, by Heather Spalding. A trail proposed from Friday Harbor to Zilstra Lake has been a contentious issue not just for farmers and property owners in San Juan Valley, but for the residents of San Juan Island. The trail, which is to be a multi-use paved trail, was put on the draft six-year transportation improvement program. A public hearing regarding adding the trail was held on November 7th before the San Juan County Council. To be clear, the details are still in the works, San Juan County Public Works staff member Mackenzie Sims explained to the packed council room, clarifying that just because it is the first thing listed on the TIP does not mean it is the number one priority. If projects are not yet planned or understood for that matter, why does it get put on the TIP? San Juan Island Council member Christine Minnie asked. We understand the scope and need, but the details still need to be worked out. Sims replied, "These projects were determined by council. We didn't just make them up because the details of the trail are yet to be determined. The description on the TIP was vague. Sims cited the intent as being to increase pedestrian and bike traffic to Zilstra Lake of the dozens of islanders who spoke during public testimony. none spoke in favor of the trail. And only one thanked Council and Public Works staff for considering trails and similar projects in the plan. The survey asked the question, do you like trails? That's like asking if you like puppies, right? If you asked the question if the trail went on and took away private property, they would not have taken that puppy, said Michelle Loftus during public access time. Loftus owns property in the area with livestock. She added that she consistently finds trash on her property, including plastic baggies. The trail, she said, is not enough to risk my livestock or my privacy. Guard Sundstrom was the first to testify. He comes from a long line of farmers who have worked the land in San Juan Valley. You don't make much money farming, Sundstrom said, adding it's about taking care of the animals and the land. Farming is a lifestyle. With luck, the land of his ancestors and San Juan Valley, he could provide food, wool, and hay for at least a portion of the island's population for generations. Steve Hudson, another longtime islander, noted that the trail was listed by Rick Larson's office as a critical need. I disagree. It's catering to the needs of those who do not live here at the expense of those who do, he said noting that roads need maintenance, but trails will not contribute to making them better and won't serve those who live on San Juan and use the roads. We are moving way too fast in the wrong direction. We don't want to be Martha's Vineyard. We want to be San Juan Island. If you look at your guiding principles, you will see that preserving the nature and culture of the island is a priority, and serving the citizens is part of your oath of office, Hudson said in closing. Becky Sundstrom-Shanks, who also stems a generation of island farmers, read a letter from her cousin Betsy Sundstrom. Betsy lives in the vicinity of the proposed trail. "'Is it the best idea?' she asked in her letter. "'I love and appreciate the Zilstra Lake Land Bank Trail, but it is not one tourist come to experience, in my opinion.'" It will disturb historic farmland and possibly take out incredible long-standing fir trees, trees that have stood strong since the 1800s. Historic farmlands are being traded for tourism, it seems, she added. Lisa Crosby Gard stated she was born down the road from the current county legislative building. Her family has lived and farmed the island for generations— I am concerned about the environmental impact of a 10-foot-wide paved trail, she said, noting that transparency has also been an issue. One minute we are hearing it is going by the road. The next, there are rumors it will go through the valley. My guess is you are going to try to go through the Preservation Trust and Land Bank land because that will be easier. Have you looked at what Dottie and Ernie Gann asked for? They asked for preservation for agriculture. Crosby Guard also stated that she was concerned for her livestock and wondered what might happen if e-bikes or dogs came through their pastures. By asking for this trail, you are telling farmers you don't want us, she said, ending her testimony. San Juan Islander Steve Ulve began by saying it was good to see everyone and that people being engaged and the council listening to their testimony is how the process is supposed to work. I'm a trails guy, he said, adding that he also likes farms, appreciates and respects multi-generational farming families, and has a planning background. But this trail is flawed. It said it would be done in a road corridor, but the plans have not been consistent. This idea has way too much baggage, and it's confusing. Ovi concluded by encouraging council members to think hard about including it in the TIP. Marilyn O'Connor objected to the inclusion of the trail as well. Before, there would have been workshops with the public and the project would be carefully described and communicated to the public, she said. Rather than a trail, O'Connor suggested reducing speed in areas heavily used by bikes to improve safety. Two thoughts occurred to me as I listened to the comments. We have a responsibility to preserve our historic farmland and our agricultural history on this island. Having a trail going down through it is like suburbia and is not what this island needs, Emily Gaiman, retired Friday Harbor High School guidance counselor, said. While many towns have been overwhelmed by tourism, growth, and sprawl, Friday Harbor has done well to preserve the boundary between the town and country, she added. Gaiman also wondered if a bridge would need to be built over wetlands near the Peace Health Peace Island Medical Center and what that would look like. The trail would be an intrusion to the people who have lived there for generations, she concluded. The county council members asked a few questions of Huntimer and the trail project coordinator, Grant Carlton. In the end, they decided to postpone further deliberations to November 27th. I want to make it clear that I hear you. You are my people, Minnie said. While extending this a little longer seems painful, I want to walk into this more educated and absorb everything we heard today and probably be hearing for the next two weeks. From the Islands Weekly, cue the excitement. The Holiday Bazaar is back. Cue the excitement. The Holiday Bazaar is just around the corner. Join us on Saturday, November 25th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Lopez School Gym and other common spaces for a holiday extravaganza filled with fantastic goods, delightful experiences, and tasty treats. Best of all, a portion of the proceeds from this event supports both the Lopez Children's Center and our local economy you'll find three convenient cashier stations inside the gym ready to accept cash, checks, and credit cards, ensuring a smooth shopping experience as you explore artisanal gifts and goodies. As always, we have a diverse lineup of talented local vendors showcasing their unique handcrafted creations. Plus, it's worth noting that 15% of every vendor sale goes towards supporting the well-being of the Children's Center. Your support truly makes a positive impact. If you're a vendor or know someone who'd like to participate, we still have space available. Get in touch with us at LopezBazaar at gmail.com. Don't forget to secure your raffle tickets. This year, the prizes are truly outstanding. You could win a most coveted load of gravel garden-enriching compost, stunning artworks by local talents, and gift certificates to Roche Harbor, the Islander Resort and Marina, Ursa Minor, Ship Supply, and more. The more tickets you grab, the better your chances of scoring these fantastic prizes, so don't hold back. Plus, all the proceeds from raffle ticket sales directly support the Children's Center. You can also snag your tickets at Lopez Village Market, Isabel's Espresso, and Sunset Builders Supply on the weekends leading up to the event. And of course, we're open to donations if anyone feels like contributing to the excitement. This cherished island tradition is all about supporting our beloved Lopez Institution and celebrating the creativity of our local community. The funds raised at the Holiday Bazaar contribute significantly to the Lopez Children's Center covering operating costs, providing scholarships to families in need, and enhancing our classrooms. Mark your calendars, and let's make this year's bazaar a memorable one. Washington residents wait in darkness for Congress to end daylight savings by Isabel Ashley. The time of year to fall back an hour has arrived, as daylight savings comes to an end. Although the Washington Senate passed a bill in 2019 to remain permanently in daylight savings time, meaning Washington residents would no longer change the clocks twice a year, approval from Congress is needed for such a shift. Daylight savings time was first introduced in the U.S. in 1918 with the Standard Time Act, which was created to cut energy costs in World War I. This act also led to the creation of the five time zones across the U.S. today, and the Uniform Time Act of 1966 was created to standardize daylight savings in these time zones. States can choose to stay in standard time year-round, and states like Arizona and Hawaii have opted to do so. However, under federal law, states are not allowed to stay on daylight time, i.e., the schedule that gives longer daylight hours. In March 2022, the U.S. Senate passed the Sunshine Protection Act of 2021, which would have accomplished the Washington legislature's original goal of permanent daylight savings time starting on November 5, 2023, had it been approved by the House and the President. Clearly, this has not happened. The bill has been stalled in the House since March 2022. Most sources did not elaborate on the reason for the delay, and some speculate that lobbyists have become involved with the issue. Reasons that have been cited to support the end of daylight savings include the reduction of traffic collisions, crime, and risk of heart attack and stroke, as well as an increase in productivity, recreation, and commerce. For now, Washington residents and the rest of the country will have to wait until Daylight Savings Time starts again on March 10, 2024. And now, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On November 2, a Lopez deputy responded when a vehicle on a ferry bumped into a ferry worker, ran over a cone, and sped onto Lopez Island. The matter is under investigation. A law enforcement contact on ORCAS led to the arrest of a person for driving under the influence. A drug recognition expert evaluation was completed and the subject was booked into San Juan County Jail. On November 4th, a deputy on ORCAS responded to an unwanted person call. While en route, the suspect was seen driving away from the scene. The deputy made contact with the individual who was found to be impaired, arrested for driving under the influence, and booked into San Juan County Jail. A Lopez resident reported damage to their lawn and a sign after an unknown vehicle failed to make a turn on Port Stanley Road. Deputies responded to a report of crab pots that were interfering with the operation of WSF into the Orcas Ferry Terminal a marine response was conducted and the commercial crab pots were removed. On November 6th, a misguided landlord dumped a former tenant's belongings at an unacceptable location on Lopez Island. And that's all the interesting news from San Juan County's Sheriff's Log. This concludes the November 15th edition of the Island Digest. This edition is brought to you by Orcas Center. Orcas Center is your place for fun and intrigue this fall, with live concerts, performances, art openings, and more. To check out upcoming events and purchase tickets, visit orcascenter.org. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest, a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. The Journal, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen smith Summers at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks for tuning in, and come back again next week for more local news from San Juan County, Washington. I'm Caleb Summers.